This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey there, good morning, and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I am Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin. How are you this morning, Charlie Dobbin? I am very wonderful, Dean Holland. Nice to hear your voice. <laughs> it is nice to hear yours as well. Nice to uh, nice to be sharing this time with you. I always, always learn something about uh, gardening when I'm with you. I thought you were going to say, I always think about all the questions I have. I want to get before the callers can. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be fair now, would it? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, let me give out those numbers really quickly. Get the uh, get the lines going. Uh, in Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven four zero, or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is a toll free call for you. One eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. And uh, please let Carlos know uh, if you are a first time caller, and I will give you our garden wings. There we are. I thought I, sh- I should have had jingle bells this week. I'll try for next week. I'll have some jingle bells. And uh, call often, please. Call early and one question per call, please. So what's going on in your garden? Or in, uh, or how about your indoor gardening? May- hopefully well, there's n- nothing, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is. Yesterday was so mild where I am. I mean, it was supposed to be a cool day, and yet the sun came out and it was gorgeous. So I've been putting off some outdoor decorating i kept saying oh you know whatever whatever i'll get to it later <laughs> so <clears throat> i did get out yesterday and i did get my my outdoor decorating done so trees lit uh, front door all festive and all that important you know baths we we went out and got our christmas tree this week great so that gave me an opportunity to get a bunch of fresh boughs from mm-hmm. other trees and um so yep our tree is going to be coming into the house today so that'll be on my my work to-do list is to get that decorated up in time for Christmas. Um, but yeah, indoor plants are taking a little bit of work right now. People really need to stay on top of their indoor plants. Don't ignore them, which is right. not to say you should go out and water them all, but really like look at them closely, feel the soil, water if you need to. But at this time of year, you know, we tend to just ignore them because they're not doing a lot. So do look closely. Um, this is when spider mites can show up, mealybugs can show up, all kinds of little pests and varmints can suddenly appear. So, you know, visit your, just like we visit the outdoor garden, visit your indoor garden too. And may I ask then, those bugs, mm. is that, um, will they, are they more likely to come if we neglect or are they more likely to come if we overwater or what's the deal there? Well, what's different is that in the winter, our homes, the humidity levels drop a lot. So because of the plants that so many of us have inside as houseplants are tropical plants, they are not super happy with the very low humidity that we have in our homes. So the low humidity stresses the plants. A stressed plant can uh, end up with, um, with issues, disease and insect infestations. Um, yeah, never, never. And, and it's funny, too, because we don't water as much in the winter because the plants aren't 
growing as much, and yet it's so dry in our homes. You know, there's it's all this cost benefit analysis you have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, get out a little spritzer, get on the spritzing, and do whatever you can to get, keep humidity up in your home. Even just pots of water sitting out on the windowsill will add. Uh, moisture to your home. Um, you know, do what you can to re- optimal humidity for our homes is between 40 and 60 percent. Optimal for plants is yeah, 75, 80 percent. So, so do what you can to to increase your humidity. Gotcha. Okay. Well, although a spritzer sounds delightful at this time of day, I think I'll probably be safe and stick with my coffee for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll go to a quick break and we will be back with much more right here on the garden show fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio yes indeed we are back here with the garden show and uh, those numbers, once again, and we have lots of room on the lines, is uh, 416-360-0740. That is the Toronto number. So if you live anywhere right in Toronto, you call that number. Or outside Toronto, mm-hmm. it's a toll-free number, one uh, 740 Okay, uh, let's go to the lines now, Charlie. We have Mary patiently waiting on the line, and it is a Toronto call. Welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. Oh, good morning to you both. How are you? We're well, yeah, yeah. Um, I called you uh, about two weeks ago about my amaryllis, which had split lengthwise the bulb. I had brought Mm -hmm. it in. I don't know if you remember. And even a friend of mine said, no, no, it just comes out the bottom. And you said, I said, no, it's split in three lengthwise across the bulb. Long story short... I took your advice, and I thought, well, I put it down in the dark crawl space in the basement. It is cold because the previous Mm. owner, it didn't insulate that little part. Anyways, when I looked at it yesterday and today, Mm. the middle one, the tall leaf that was there, you know, about 12 inches, Mm. it's turning yellow. But Mm. there's a strong, small green leaf coming up on the middle one. And a teeny weeny uh, show of green on the left hand side one. So I'm calling you because I don't know if I should bring it up and let it grow. Well, it's so it's been down in the dark for roughly two weeks. It looks like or more. You I called me November nineteenth. So it's you, been... certainly no more than three. Yeah. Um. Pers- okay. So you can you can do one of two things if you bring that pot out of the dark and out of the root cellar into the warmth and into the sun, it will grow green leaves and it will be a, a tropical houseplant with big green leaves. <clears throat> the chances yeah, of it so. flowering are not very high at this point, but it's alive and it'll be a green plant. And in the spring or summer, you'll take it outside and start the whole cycle of it being outside. If you leave it alone, those little greens that are starting to grow will stop growing and oh. the, the, leaf that is turning yellow will continue to turn yellow so that the whole plant will eventually go dormant. It's not dormant right now. It is still, it's, see, it's got all that potential in the bulb. So that's why you're seeing the growth, but you want that plant to just have a little sleep. You want to just shut down. And right now it is not shut down yet, which is why you're seeing the growth from the, the smaller bulbs and the smaller leaves. But all of that will come to a halt. If you leave that pot in the dark, in the root cellar for another, you know, 
five, six weeks, five weeks anyway. Okay, I'll do that. But here's two interesting things. One small branch of my lilac, it's a lower branch, believe it or not, it still has lovely green leaves. And I was tying up a young um, forsythia. The branch Mm -hmm. broke. I put it in water. And believe it or not, I think I'm going to get flowers. Yes, that makes sense because forsythia is such an early blooming plant in the spring with the yellow flowers outside in our gardens. The the flower buds are there now. Well, as I said, but I've never seen the lilac. All the other leaves have been gone forever, but there's about half a dozen small ones that are still green as can be. And the lilac, there's some some little protection going on there down near the the bottom like that. It hasn't been frosted off. It's almost to the top of the fence. Right. The branch that's there, it's almost, it's a young one. It's almost to the top, which is like about at least six feet up. Well, amazing. Yeah, so that, yeah, there's something going on. That little branch is somehow being protected from the elements and is still perking along thinking it's uh, not realizing it's December, <laughs> but it will it will yeah. frost off eventually. I just thought you might be interested to hear that because I was so surprised the last few days and I keep looking at it. You're supposed yeah. to be sleeping. <laughs> exactly. Yell anyway, at those blends. so much. I'm going to it's leave the so amaryllis in the, ba- in the basement. It's actually, it's not a, cr- a root cellar, but it's, it is a very mm. cold spot where she does where the previous owner had storage. But thank you Just, for that. I'm going to leave it. I don't want another green plant. I, I'll wait. Uh, yeah, good point, Mary. Um, and just make sure that it's not so cold that it's below oh, no, freezing. It doesn't get that cold as... at all. Uh, one question okay. I've always forgot to ask you. Uh, when you put the amaryllis down there, they're in soil. Should mm. you occasionally put some water on them? I've, I nope. just thought of it now. Nope. That's the point. If you keep watering them and you keep peeking at them and turning lights on, that yeah. will keep them growing. Okay. And what, <clears throat> what okay. you're trying to do is put them to sleep. So right. leave them in the dark. Do not water. I will do that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for calling. <laughs> uh, okay. It looks like we might have just lost Dean. Um, so, uh, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to see if we have any calls. I don't believe so. I guess everybody's out Christmas shopping, but I will give the numbers quickly <clears throat> one more time. Of course, Dean's already given them to you a few times, but locally if in the Toronto area, 416-360-0740. Uh, outside of the Toronto calling area, the number to call free, and we're happy to hear from you, 866-740-4740. And I see Dean is back. Hello, Dean. Oh, you did a very, very nice job. Well, <laughs> I, was, I don't know. I was, I was dipping out to do some Christmas shopping. So just yeah, I was going to say either that or you went to get me a coffee, I hope. Yeah, that wouldn't that be nice. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was the ghost in the machine, I think, for a second yeah. there. Uh, well, you, you did very well. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, but yes, I guess we'll have to say, you know, give some space to our sponsors to yeah. share what they're all about. Absolutely. And, uh, hopefully everybody will, you know, get to their phones and start asking us some tough questions. Yeah, we'd like some, you know, again, indoor questions, outdoor questions. It can be either. Okay, so we would be delighted if you would give us a call. And uh, as Charlie says, we have to take a quick pause now, hear from some important messaging, and then we'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
Yes, indeed. We are back with the Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland. Charlie Dobbin is here with me. And I got to say, Charlie, I'm sorry. I got to, I got to, I have to, I think I have to change the mantra. You know, we always say call often, call early, and one question per call, please. But I, I think I might have to add a little something to that. It's like, please don't all wait outside and call at exactly the same time. <laughs> so it was all of a sudden, every line went up at the same yeah. time. And it's like, oh my. Yeah. Carlos Car- is pretty pretty talented, you know. He yeah, can, he's, he's, he's like a, a jug- he's yeah. a juggler in there. He's <laughs> yes. got buttons going and he's got phones going. So, okay, so now we have a bunch of people on the line. We will get to the start to get to them right now. Uh, we're going to go to Susan first, who is in Burlington. Uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Susan. Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Oh, I am calling about an in trying to grow a eucalyptus plant indoors. Um, I was warned when I bought it that they are fussy, and I followed all the instructions I had, but some of the branches have definitely died, and I'm wondering whether I should just leave those dead branches, and um, I was told it needs a lot of moisture, which I have been giving it. It's now under some fluorescent lights with some of my other plants I bring in. I thought that might give it a boost. I don't know whether I should put it back in the window with natural light, whether I should trim it back. Help. <laughs> okay, so this is all good. Where did you buy a eucalyptus plant? I got it in the St. Jacob's Farmer's Market. Um, just at, uh, let's see, at the end of October. I just want you to know, Charlie, that I've been paying attention, and I'm smelling a pebble tray here with water on the bottom. <laughs> but I did that. Did you? Mm-hmm. You've done. You've got pebbles beneath, like you've got a humid. Yep. So, okay, I've never grown eucalyptus, so I'm just doing a real quick look up here. When I think of eucalyptus, I think of it as a cut branch foliage that goes with cut flowers, right? It's a beautiful gray green. At the moment, it's eight inches high, the whole point. Sure. So. No, yeah, I understand. It's just a little guy that you've got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even so convinced that it's going to want a high humidity. What it will need for sure is lots and lots and lots of sun. Uh, it is native to Australia. So as far as it's concerned, you know, summer is just starting and spring. it's spring in Australia. So make sure it's getting as much sun or like you said, you've got some lights on it. So you've got fluorescent lights, not grow lights, just regular white lights. Oh, okay. No, they're grow lights. Okay. I should move it yeah. to white lights. <laughs> uh, it sounds like they are grow lights. Did I hear your husband yeah, in the background there? my husband there? just said they're grow lights. <laughs> okay, good. And make sure that the lights are on that plant 16 hours out of every 24. <clears throat> so give it give it darkness for eight hours. Usually the easy time to do that is when it's hour darkness. So, you know, 10 at night till 6 in the morning, no lights. And then the rest of the time lights are on. Only water when dry. So feel that soil. Make sure that if it starts to feel a little crusty and dry on the top, give it some water. Of course, Make sure your water has sat out overnight, at least one night, so that you don't have all the, you know, the chlorine and all the, the things that are in our tap water. Uh, and different tap waters have different things in them. But point is, you want as clear of water as you can. 
actually, believe it or not, yesterday I went out and I got water out of my rain barrel because it's been so mild that the um, it's not frozen. So if you could get a hold of some rainwater, that would be good. And yeah, just water it when it's dry. Anything dead, cut it out. Sharp scissors or pruners, remove dead stuff. And and don't expect a lot of major growth because it is winter, though this plant doesn't know that. It might think it's summer. <laughs> and uh, and get it outside in the spring. It'll be one of those. Once we're frost-free, get it outside. Okay. So my uh, last question is that it's in a uh, like soilless mix that's what he and he's the uh, fellow I bought it from said once every two weeks to feed it because there was no nutrition in the dirt. Should right. I add some, you know, soil like real soil with something, or do you think that's the best way using like plant food every couple of weeks? Right, so that's a good question. When we have plants in pots. We do use what you've got, which is what's considered a soilless potting mix. Do not go out and put regular garden soil or topsoil into a small pot like that. It will not get sufficient drainage and the plant will end up suffering and dying. So the material that's in there or the media that's in that pot now is the right media. His point was a good one that there is no nutrient in that soilless mix. And so we do need to fertilize. I'm not convinced I would fertilize every two weeks, particularly at this time of year. Uh, I'd probably go more once a month at the most until March. And then in March, you can start every two weeks. Okie doke. Yep. I'll cross my fingers. It's still alive in March. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Be careful not to overwater. Feel before you water. Okay. Thanks so much for the call, Susan. Yeah, and good luck on that. And you let us know in the spring what's happening with that uh, that eucalyptus. Mm, that's a different one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Susan. Um, I uh, I was thinking I have a uh, I have a cousin in Queensland. Maybe I'll get her to you know box up some soil there and send it. I can send it over to Susan. She can sprinkle or, it in the pot. Or give her a, just send her a quick text <laughs> and say, "Do you have eucalyptus growing at your place? Because yeah. it's a big tree, right? It's well, there's many oh, I see. In eucalyptus, but it it's a massive tree if you. You know, right. where it's from. <laughs> for us, it's right. something we coddle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but not over there. No, for sure. Um, okay, now we're going to go to a call from one of the fastest growing communities that I can think of. I used to do theater in the little town of Waterdown, which is now a city. It's crazy. Okay, we're going to Hillary in Waterdown. Welcome to the Garden Show, Hillary. Thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, good morning, guys. Um, I purchased um, a little plant in a six-inch pot from Terra Nurseries a couple of weeks ago. It's called a frosty, a frosty fern, and right. it's just suddenly struggling and dying. I've never had a plant die on me. <laughs> so I, I've kept the soil moist, as it says, and it says... Um, Put in medium diffuse sunlight. Would the wind is that? Would the window be too bright for that, Charlie? I would not put it into a southern or western window directly. Uh, if you have windows that are that bright, um, then I would place the plant five or six feet away from the window. Okay. Uh, east or east or north window, you can go right in the window. Okay. Except what I find with some of these little tender like ferns, particularly. Our windows are kind of, like at night, the windows are fairly cold, the window ledges, uh, unless you're somebody who like closes blinds at night and opens them during the day, so you've got not so cold. 
So like I so I kind of move my plants around uh, uh-huh. in the sunny on a sunny day. I'll put a plant right on a window ledge to grab that sun and that warmth. But as the sun's going down, I'll move the plant away from the window to keep it warmer and your little fern will be a little susceptible to some of the temperatures. So it wants warmth. It wants humidity. It wants indirect light. So bright, but indirect. It's in a a pot about six inches. Do do you think it might need repotting or no? I doubt it. If you, if you look at the drain, did it come in a little fancy um, wrapper around the pot? I always take those off. Yeah. Yeah. I always take those off. Otherwise the water can't drain out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's good. So you got that off. So look at the bottom of the pot. There's drainage holes there and take a look. If you see little roots, little wispy roots starting to come through those drainage holes, then yes, repot it, but wait until February at the soonest. Okay. How about uh, what sort of soil would I use? Is Is there a particular one for ferns or? No, no, just a good quality uh, potting mix. Um, okay. And you'll make sure it's moist when you're when you're working with it. But it's yeah. pretty stressful for plants to be transplanted. So if the plant is already struggling a bit, I wouldn't do it now. I'd wait. Okay. 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 Super. Well, thank you very yeah. much for your help. I will do all yeah. that. And I hope you both have a great Christmas. Thank you very much. Thank you. You too, so, Hillary. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much. Take Please. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. By well, so Dean, it is yeah. interesting when people are purchasing, like like um, Hillary said, you know, she was at Terra Greenhouses and she mm-hmm. saw this sweet little plant and she impulsively took it home. Now I didn't ask Hillary, but maybe on the way home she stopped at the dry cleaners or went to the grocery store, and that little fern sat in her car. And this is the kind of stuff that can be really, really stressful on plants. Make sure that if you're doing any impulsive purchasing of plants, you go straight home, and that they're properly wrapped in the store. It's temperature is quite can be really hard on some plants. Poinsettias are the worst. You buy a poinsettia, you it sees this, you know, zero or anywhere close to zero, and you've got black leaves very quickly. Right. And, of course, we think of poinsettias as a Christmas flower, but, of course, it's a tropical plant, right? Which is, yeah. <clears throat> well, exactly. And in the tropics, it grows into a big tree. <laughs> Where really? See, I would love to see that. I've never, I can't imagine one the size of a tree. I've never seen one. Well, so you need to go to Mexico because that's where they're from originally. <clears throat> and I think I'm not sure if I told you this story, but the um, I the I actually saw a poinsettia tree in full color a uh, long, long time ago in a very small village in Mexico because there was no electricity in that village. So <clears throat> it would go dark at night when the sun went down and then it would get bright in the morning when the sun came up. And that's exactly the conditions that poinsettia needs to turn color and oh. uh, yeah, with our, you know, electricity, people have their street lights and, you know, people have lights on all the time. So the poinsettia trees and oh. plants in our homes will not get the colored leaves unless they get that dark and light period prior to, um, you know, winter starting sort of thing. So it was very, very cool. Like it was a big, massive tree and it was all red. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. That well. that's not you will have to you will have to dig out a picture for me one day. I would love to see that if you, if you snapped still, one. 
Uh, no, I think I saw that before cameras even existed. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I love that. To get under the black cloth and dig it. <laughs> yeah, me and the dinosaurs were out roaming the earth. And there yeah. it was. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah I was <laughs> behind you. There you go. Okay, let's, let's head to the east from Waterdown to Oakville. Now we have Jared patiently waiting on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Jared. Good morning. Morning. Um, so I received a uh, orchid a few uh, months ago from a friend, and it bloomed absolutely beautifully. And uh, now the blooms have fallen off. So I was just wondering if I should be cutting those blooms off now that they've fallen off. Well, the the little petals will have dried up, and the little flowers, if they haven't dropped, they will drop. If you just give the the pot a little tap with the side of your hand, all those shriveled up petals will fall. However, the green stalk that the flowers are growing on, if it's still green, leave it alone. Uh, it's kind of amazing. Orchids can can re continue to bloom on a flower stem for months and months and months. If, the, if and when the flower stem turns brown, then you can cut it off. But for now, if it's green, leave it alone. That's that's pretty cool. It is. It's very cool. <laughs> All right. What, well, uh, have you had an Sorry. orchid before, Jared? Or is this your first one? Uh, no, this I've I've had uh, one before, but uh, I, I actually have a couple actually. So. <clears throat> yeah. Generally, we call it deadheading, so that when a flower finishes, we remove not only the flower but the stem it's attached to. But uh, in the case of orchids you might be cutting off what could be more flowers. So leave that stem until it's truly brown and then remove. Right. Well, what okay. if it starts to get a new, what if it starts to get a new flower stalk? Do I like, Oh, that's great. No, that's great. And that will happen too. If you, if you, you know, keep it healthy and happy, <clears throat> you will get another flower stem at some point. It might be in the next month. It might be in the next six months, but there's no question. Another one will grow. And of course the one you, the orchid you have now it probably came with that flower stem. There's a little stake in there and there's little clips and this flower stem was clipped to the right, stake. Yeah. yeah. So um, if another flower stem starts to grow, then of course you'll want to have a little stake ready and some little clips ready so you can uh, keep it vertical if you can. I find that they'll grow in all kinds of funny directions if you don't stake them up. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the call, Jared. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. And don't be a stranger. Sorry. Okay. And uh, and just one more thing. And should I uh, should I cut off the old one if the if the new one starts to come from the side or whatever? Only when it's brown. Remove that flower stem when it's brown. It'll happen okay. eventually. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Jared. Yeah. Okay. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we have one more caller on the line, but we have to take a break first. Okay. Um, we just have to hear some important sponsor messages. I'm going to give out the numbers though, one more time, because you know, now's the time to call because we have lots of room on the lines now. And so, uh, yeah, uh, 416-360-0740 or anywhere else outside of Toronto, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Again, the perfect time to call right now. Uh, when we come back from this, uh, pause we will get to maureen okay we'll be right back with much more on the garden show fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio 
Yeah, this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and I am Dean Holland, her uh, Robin to her Batman. She is the Batman of the garden. She just, you know, she's this calm, cool, and collected and just kind of sweeps in there and fixes problems. Except <laughs> <with> eucalyptus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which I could see by the look on your face that you were quite fascinated by the idea of growing eucalyptus. I still am. It's a, it's a cool plant, but here's a fun fact I just found out in my searching. Did you know that eucalyptus uh, plants in Australia have evolved to uh, survive wildfires? So that many of the seeds will, will come through a fire and sprout after the fire, or the root, roots will survive. So the, the trees might get wiped out by the fire above ground, but below ground stays alive and the plants will re-sprout. Because wildfires wild are very common in, uh, in parts of Australia. Wow. Okay. That is actually very, very interesting. Okay. I am, I've got Maureen on the line. Maureen is probably the most patient caller that we've had, you know, certainly today, maybe in the last month. So, Maureen, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I'm going to give you a different bell for being so patient. Is, oh, thank you. I like bells. Now, another bell. angel. Another angel's got its wings. You got it. You got it. I am so looking forward to your question, Maureen, from North York. What do you got? I've got, okay, good morning. I, um, I've been looking, my, look, my grocery store that I use has something which I'm attracted to, but I'm not sure if it will last. It's a cypress tree in a nice little pot with lights on it. And I was thinking of putting it beside my creche or manger, but I'm wondering, is that going to last the winter or, you know, or is it a throwaway plant? It, it's interesting. So it's actually got lights on it, like little battery-operated lights, I guess? Yeah. It says it's, and I'm attracted to it, but, uh, <laughs> I, you, know, thought, you know, I don't, I don't. I don't like to have plants die on me. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> so well, it, it's, it's, it's true. I haven't been in a grocery store lately, but you're right. This is the time of year where all these sort of cute little unusual, not flowering, but little green tree-like plants are presented as what we call living Christmas trees. And people take them home and, you know, have these sort of little miniature trees and hope they'll survive. If it's really a cypress, which it probably is, it is. It could survive as a houseplant, but it will not survive outside. So consider it, um, you know, a, a houseplant to coddle and look after. The lights aren't going to be doing it any favors in the long run. So, um, you know, it's going to be one of those things. It, it's a cute idea, but so either enjoy it as a cute little plant with the lights and expect that it just take the lights off once you're done with them and care for it very similar to what we were talking about for that frosty fern. So bright, indirect light, no cold, no hot drafts, um, feel the soil before you water and, uh, and enjoy it. But yeah, they do, they are grown specifically for that Christmas market and, um, and they're really sweet. Like there's a lot of really sweet stuff out there at this time of year. Oh yeah. No. Okay. Then I, if it, if there's something that survives and uh, can survive in the house, then I will do. Yes. And I'll, Thank you for the point about the lights, because then what I will do is I'll just put them on in the evening, you know, not all day. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, like I said, it's, if it's attracting you, then bring it in. It's, it, plants can cheer us up on so many levels, and not to mention add oxygen to our air and look after some of our carbon dioxide. So you're never, you're, you know, it's never wrong to bring another plant indoors. No, absolutely, and, and I thought it would make 
the name just being look, you know, more authentic, kind of, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Nice, nice idea. Okay, thank yeah, thanks so much for the call, Maureen, and thanks for holding on the line for us. We appreciate that. No problem. Yeah. I love. I was. I could still hear the show, so that's okay. <laughs> Good. Good, and you have a wonderful holiday season. Yeah, okay. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Uh, Merry thanks. Christmas, Dean, and uh, Charlie. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> ah, thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. Hanukkah and Christmas are overlapping again this year. They, yeah. they always, it's so cute because Hanukkah, the dates change, but of course Christmas never does. Yes. Even though the Jewish man in my life will say to me, what day is Christmas again? And I go, it's always <laughs> December 25th. Like, that what? is very so funny. Because he's yeah. used to a world where the holidays change. Um, but the fact that they're overlapping is great because at our house, we celebrate Christmaka. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have both. And well, and it reminds me of Easter. Of course, Easter is always a floater as well. You That's know, it changes. Uh, it can be as early as uh, I think once or twice in my lifetime, it has fallen on or right on the weekend of my birthday, which is the end of March. Yeah. And then it can go uh, wait to the end of April. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's got quite a span as well. Yeah, because we're both spring babies because I'm early yes. April with my That's birthday. Right. And same thing. Yeah. Like how many times has it been Good Friday and your birthday yep. at the same time, which is nice. You know, it's an international holiday on your birthday. It's nice. That's right. You and I are both Aries. That's right. That's right. That's Absolute. why we get along so well. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> I have Elizabeth on the line. She is calling from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Elizabeth. Hey, good morning. I'm going to take us outside for a while. I was in nice. the basement and I found um, in my variety of potatoes that I had grown. I certainly can't eat as many as they are now sprouting. I'm wondering mm. if I can put them in the garden, the pieces now. I can dig about six inches into the soil. It, you can put them out there, but they will die in the frost. They'll turn to mush over winter. That answers that question. I guess I'll just <laughs> <eat> potatoes. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, thank you very much. But you know, Elizabeth, if you've got way too many potatoes, consider your local food bank. Um, they will take, obviously, they prefer non-perishables, but, you know, it, it's quite a lovely, it's actually really lovely to take any spare food and, and share it with somebody else who could eat it rather than having it turn to mush. You, the cooler and darker you keep those potatoes, the longer they will last, though. So theoretically, potatoes should last over the entire winter, just like onions will or beets or rutabagas, if you can keep them dark and cool. And, but okay, okay. some of them are sprouting. I, 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 thank you. I'll take that, all my root vegetables to the local food bank, and I'll eat the sprouted ones because they won't want those. Okay. <laughs> Thank All you right. very much. Well, and if any of you might have heard of a program called Plant a Row, well, grow a, Plant a Row, Grow a Row. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that when we're planting our vegetables in the spring and planting out our herbs and all that, the fun stuff we're going to eat, that you plant extra. And the extra that you're planting is to go to the local food bank. And that this is a program that actually was started by a couple who live outside Winnipeg, mm -hmm. where just like like Elizabeth had, they had an overabundance of potatoes one year. The, the crop was way more than they could ever possibly eat. And and the the couple got this idea and went to the food bank and said, we have so many potatoes, can we give them to you? And the food bank went, absolutely, we'll gladly take them. So he just loaded up his pickup truck, like they had way too many potatoes, and took them all into Winnipeg. Uh, and then that started something where they said, okay, from now on, we're going to grow extra specifically for that reason. 
Oh, you put a smile on my face. Thank you very much. I know. Yes, thank you for the call. Bye-bye. And a nice, nice reminder, uh, Charlie, yeah. uh, because we, uh, I know that I got some notices. We've all had some notices through the radio station, through Zoomer, and through the, the sister station, the New Classical mm-hmm. FM, uh, that food banks are being used to a degree that they've not seen in many, 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 many years because of the uh, very um, rapidly uh, inflating food prices. Exactly. And so they're asking for extra help. So anything that anybody can do, like Elizabeth is now, uh, prompted to do is a help for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. Okay, we are going to take our final uh, pause for uh, messages, but we will be right back with much more on the Garden Show, including a first-time caller. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here on The Garden Show. And, Charlie, i got to tell you, that uh, last caller, Elizabeth, she reminded me of something that I'd forgotten about, uh, that I'm not sure that houses have as frequently now. But my grandparents, who built their house, say, in uh, 1970, they had, a um, like, a cold room. They specifically had a little vent that went outside and let the cold air in. And I know we don't have one in our house. I don't know that they put them in routinely anymore. I think you're right. I think it's it's either something you're building a house and you include that that root cellar, that cold room. Um, I think nowadays it's all about wine cellars and that sort of thing as opposed to potatoes and rutabagas. So, yeah, many homes do have that cool storage area. Um, Yeah. And you're right. It's it's all venting to the outside and and, uh, keeping it cool without, you know, causing a lot of cost involved. Yeah, because I have a dark room. We have a we have a like a, a downstairs pantry, but it's not the cool that I remember my grandparents being. And she would, of course, do all sorts of canning and things like that. But <laughs> these are things that I guess just not as many people do. Uh, though the pandemic reawakened everybody's joy in making and baking and and you know uh, stirring pots. So yeah. yeah, suddenly jars became a big deal. The preserving jars they were. Yes. Hard time keeping those in stock. Indeed. Okay, <laughs> let's go to our first-time caller. We have Steve from Oakville. Welcome to the Garden Show, Steve. I am going to give you your garden wings. Ah, there you well. go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I have a violet that uh, I've had for a few years now, and it bloomed when I first got it, but it hasn't bloomed since. It's very green and growing well, but... I'm just wondering what I can do to get flowers back on it. So this is an African violet, I assume. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, and it was blooming when you got it. Now, where do you have it in a spot where it gets bright, not direct sunlight, but bright? Is it in a bright spot in your home? No, it's in a north window. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so it's actually in the window? Because like, a north window is fine for African violet, but it needs to be close to the window. Yeah, it's, well, there's no shelves on windows anymore, but uh, <laughs> it's it's in a planter that's, you know, a, a f- less than a foot from the window, so it's pretty okay. close. And you leave the, there's no shears or blinds or anything on that window during the day? No, no. Okay, perfect. And how often are you watering? Uh, I just water when it, you know, when the soil gets dry, I just check the, I don't water it too often. Right. So just a little bit of water when the soil starts to get a little bit crusty. And of course, the water you're using is room temperature. It's been sitting out for at least a day or two. Yes, of course. 
Okay. So you know what's the only thing? Have have you fertilized at all? No. All right. Well, there you go. There are very special fertilizers for African violets, just like there's special fertilizers for orchids. Uh, one of my favorites, I'm not even sure if it exists anymore, but maybe it does. It's called Granny's Bloomers. Granny's Bloomers is uh, African violet food, which works like a charm. Follow the instructions. It's like a little tablet. You dissolve it in a you know liter of water, a quart of water, uh, and then water your African violet with that. And you can put it on any of your flowering plants. Don't feel like you can only put it on an African violet. And uh, you will, you'll see some flowers will pop. The other thing that will happen um, will help create flower buds is letting it go on the dry side, maybe a little drier than what you're letting it go between waterings. So, you know, if it starts to be a little bit dry, the soil, give it another day or two days before you water. And I think that will also encourage flower buds. Okay. So, so you would fertilize now and then how often would I fertilize that? Well, the interesting thing about African violets is they don't have a downtime. They don't really go to sleep for the winter. So you can, again, I'm not a big fan of fertilizing every two weeks, but they'll tell you you can. I would say fertilize every month and do it all year round. Oh, all year round. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they will, African violets can bloom all year round. They can just bloom all the time. I see. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah thanks, Steve. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, you too. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, indeed. <clears throat> I don't. Uh, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we have any more time for any more callers. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I think you're right. I think that yeah. Jane, who's on the line right now, will have to call early next week. Yeah. And uh, and you and I will be in the studio next week. We will. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, um, so that's yeah, indeed. I wanted to mention, I saw something very interesting. It reminded me when she was talking about that uh, cypress tree. I saw something I'd never seen before in the grocery store that was on a quick sale. They were trying to get rid of them. I won't say which store. There were these like globes, like, like snow globes, and they had uh, they had sunflowers in them, and they were in water. And I read about, I read the tag on it, and apparently this goes back to some Mexican tradition where there was this farmer who couldn't go out to the garden to pick flowers for his wife as often, so he would put roses in like a mild saline solution. And so apparently they were they brought these, and I don't think people knew what to do with them. Like there were a number number of them that they were trying to get rid of, but they were quite intriguing, a bit creepy. Yeah, so it's, it was full of water with yeah. the flower inside. Yeah, I actually got something like that from my mother at one point. Yeah, it, it's it's actually it, it's kind of cool. It like it mummifies the plant in yeah. the water, and it lasts forever and ever and ever. But you can take them apart and put in fresh flowers as well. So it's kind wow. of a cool cool idea. Great. Thanks, Dean. We're, I think Thank we're you. A great chat. Thanks, Carlos. Couldn't do this without you and. We will not only be back with you next week, but we will actually see you again next week. Woohoo! This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.